Anyways, good morning, everyone. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. This is from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 4. And if you've studied the Bible a little bit, you, re you know that the Bible has sections. And this is the section of the Bible that is called wisdom literature, with the book of Psalms and a variety of other books that focus on wisdom. Why is this such an important part of the Bible? Basically because things happen. We look around, there are so many things happening around us. However, when we stop and reflect on what is happening, that is wisdom. They say that some people make things happen, some people watch things happen, and the rest of the people wonder, what is happening? So there are many things that we see around us, and we're not, sometimes not quite sure what is going on. But wisdom consists of seeing the things around us, stopping to reflect, and then to speak. Lack of wisdom is actually those things as well, but in a bit of a confused order. Seeing, and then speaking, and then stopping. Or stopping, speaking, and then seeing. Or speaking, and then stopping and seeing. What I mean by that is sometimes people speak before they even stop or reflect. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is seeing, stopping, and then speaking. That is what today's gospel focuses on. We see these three very strong elements found in the, in the gospels of seeing, stopping, and speaking. First, the gospel of St. Luke that we read today, which is chapter 8, if you want to read it at home and reflect on it, introduces us to the problem. Jesus stepped out on land, and there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he lived not in a house, but among the tombs. So what does Jesus do? He sees, he notices. He saw, and the man also stopped and noticed Jesus. They didn't just pass each other, or they didn't just reflect on the fact that they saw each other sometime during the day. Both stopped. Gospel of Luke tells us, He saw Jesus... And he cried out and he fell down before him and said with a loud voice. That one verse. He saw, he, he, he saw, he stopped, and he said. All three of those allowed him to enter into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Jesus also does the same thing. He sees, he stops, and then he speaks. Because Jesus saw him, he stopped to start a dialogue with him. That's a very important aspect of all three of these, seeing, stopping, and speaking. Jesus asked the question. He asked the question not because Jesus needed to know the answer. And that's why we pray as well. Jesus does not ask us to pray because he needs to know what is on our mind. He already knows. He wants us to begin a dialogue with him. He wants us to set priorities over all, among all the things that are, that are happening in the world, among all the things that we are thinking 
maybe 10,000 miles per hour, 10,000 ideas per second, he asks us to stop and start a dialogue with him. So he asks the man a question. Um, to, in order for, uh, and he does this, as I said, for, for him to put his needs before him and to identify the problem that the man is going through. Number one, he asks him, what is your name? And the man answers, legion, for many demons had entered into him. This is a very important little verse in the Bible, and sometimes we rush through these verses in the Bible and then actually find them to be obscure rather than looking at how deep they are. This man, in a sense, had many problems. His name, the, pe the things that people knew him, referred to him as, was basically the many demons that he had in him. How does this relate to us? Sometimes people refer to us by the problems that we have. That's the guy who just came out of jail. That's the guy or the girl who had an addiction. That is, etc., etc. That's the person who dropped out. That's the person who didn't complete. That's the person who. Our identity gets clouded. And so it's very important, and sometimes we do, we cloud our own identity by our failures. Somebody once said that my... My... My problems are not my identity. My handicap is not my ability. When we think of it that way, we realize that regardless of what our handicap is, that is not, be, that is not placed before us as an obstacle, but rather as an opportunity to grow in a dialogue with the Lord. That is why this theme of seeing, stopping, and speaking altogether and in that order is so important. And that is why Jesus does this. He asks him what is his name. He had a name. His parents did not give him the name Legion. Legion referred to what others had called him and what he began to identify himself as. Finally, Jesus heals the man. And after he heals the man, what does he tell him? He tells him to go out, to speak, to share, to proclaim, to share the good news with others. This man went from being paralyzed, being full of demonic spirits, being unable to associate with people, to an evangelist, to one who shared the faith with so many people around him. The, wood, the man would not have been healed if he did not see Jesus, if he was looking in a different direction. He would not have been healed if he saw Jesus but didn't stop. And he would not have been healed if he saw Jesus stopped, but then didn't speak. All three of those in that order work towards not only the healing of the man, but, the, but him glorifying God and then going out to not only speak with Jesus, but to, but to also speak with those around him about what Jesus had done for him. Also, this Jesus would not have been able to heal the man if Jesus did not see, stop, and speak. If Jesus was busy doing something else and did not see the man, he would have maybe gone out for a sandwich. If Jesus saw the man but felt, you know, he's not worthy and it's not worth wasting my time with, the man would not have been healed. And if Jesus did not ask him what his problem, he, was not, he would not have been able to identify it and heal him. Of course, Jesus did all these things and we sometimes say, well, that's just Jesus. Jesus did things that we can't. 
That's not what the Bible is for. The Bible is presents to us the pattern of Jesus' life in order for us to live that pattern, in order for us to also stop, see, and say. See that pattern and make it happen in our life. This is a pattern for our daily relationship with our Lord. And this relationship is not limited to what happened at the time of Jesus with the disciples, with the people that saw Jesus, but is extended throughout all of time. And it's also not limited to us for something that may have happened. We may have had a great time in our spiritual life. We may, there may have been a time when we started taking our faith a little more seriously and we say, now we're, we're a little more mature in our faith. Well, our faith growth does not stop there. We need to continue that pattern every single day of our life. On this aspect of legion, many, when we think of ourselves, we have many blessings. God has filled us with an abundance of blessings. And, unfortunately, each and every one of us has a legion, has many issues. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is to overlook that. Because when we overlook our faults and also overlook our blessings, then we are forgetting what God wants to give us and what God wants to heal us from. Every one of us suffers some sort of fear, anxiety, trouble, but also every single one of us has been blessed with so many things. Let's look at a few lists in the Bible, both the Gospels and in the letters of St. Paul, that differentiate between the spirits that all of us have been given. Let's start with Luke chapter 4. When Jesus goes into the synagogue in Nazareth, he opens a scroll and he reads. He reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovering the sight of the blind, liberty to those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Why is this important? Because just like this man had a legion, had many evil spirits, demonic spirits, troubling spirits in him, he also had a legion of blessings in him. And what, did, what, what was the legion of blessings that Jesus came to share with his followers? This is what he says in the, in the reading which actually is taken from the prophet Isaiah that he reads in the Gospel of Luke. And this is very important to realize that the mission of Jesus is also our mission. The spirit of Jesus is in us. That's why we, we come to church to receive communion. So it's also important and relevant to say, well, what is that spirit that we are looking for? And the full list from the prophet Isaiah is to bring good tidings to the afflicted. Jesus brought good tidings to the afflicted. How are we bringing good tidings to the afflicted? How is the role of the Messiah, Christ the Messiah, that he lived, how is that ex being extended in the life of the church and in the life of the body of believers, which is all of you here present? You can read this at home and reflect on it. These are, this is how you extend the Bible into your daily life. We'll read chapter 4 of Luke and we'll read chapter 61 of Isaiah. To bring good tidings to the afflicted, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to, to open the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn, 
to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. This is the good spirit, the legion of blessings that God has filled all of you with. And to read one more passage, I know I'm going maybe a little longer than usual, but I think this is a little relevant, uh, from Galatians 5, where St. Paul clearly distinguishes two kinds of spirits and two fruits of different ways of life. And he mentions it very clearly. And in listening to these lists, it is not meant to put us down or put, make us ashamed, but it, it, are, it helps us to reflect and it's not a matter of it's okay to have a couple from this list and a couple from the other list, but to be fully imbued with the gospel, the good news, which fills us with the spirit of God and not with the legion, the spirits of this world. St. Paul says in, letter, in his letter to Galatians chapter 5, the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the de desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. They are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are plain, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things shall inherit the kingdom of God. Some people have a legion of these. They are full with those spirits and sometimes we tempt ourselves and tempt God by uh, playing around with things or allowing ourselves to be tempted and to be drawn in to the things of the spirit of the flesh and the things that draw us away from God. But just to give us uh, the balance this picture, St. Paul also reminds us that we also live by the spirit of God in many ways and reminds us to focus on these. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So when we hear in this gospel that the Lord healed this man, saved him from a legion of demons, know that we may have a legion of things troubling us. And the Lord doesn't simply want to save us from something and leave us there. He wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us with the Spirit that he came. That's the connection with his role as the Messiah. He fills us with what he filled himself with. And that is why St. Paul in today's letter to the Galatians says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, I crucify myself to an old way of life, and I rise again with Christ every single day. The Gospels, 
the entire Bible, our celebration here this morning, your prayers at home, your reflection, all reminds us to focus on the wisdom of God. To see. See what God has given you. To stop and have a dialogue with God. And then after that dialogue takes place and after you, you are able to see your strengths and also your weaknesses, we ask for healing for our weaknesses, we ask for our strengths to multiply and then we are able to speak, to rejoice, to share. That is the wisdom of God as opposed to the wisdom of the world that keeps distracting us with all sorts of messages. When we live the wisdom of God, we are also able to fill ourselves with the spirit of the risen Christ.